listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Couch with Carly. So today I want to talk about an interesting challenge that I find in my work. And I thought it would be interesting for you as well, because I wonder if it's a challenge for everybody in relationships. Um, you know, it obviously is very specific to my work and to therapy, but I, I, I want to talk about it as a general um, issue that maybe we can all relate to in terms of dealing with emotional difficulties. So I'm just going to launch into it. Um, when people think about therapists, and I think when people think about becoming therapists, one of the big words that, you know, everyone thinks about is help. We're here to help. And we are in the helping professions. And maybe there's, well, definitely there's different schools of thought. There are as many schools of thought about therapy and psychology as, I, you know, I mean, you, you, they're actually it's uncountable how many things, how many different ways there are to see what therapy is and what kinds of therapists there are and what kind of techniques there are, what kinds of theories there are. So my, as I said in the very first episode, and if you haven't listened to the first episode, please have a listen because it kind of gives a good um, reference point for this conversation. But my um, approach is one that is very much uh, aligned with a psychodynamic approach, which means that I believe that um, the way we make meaning in therapy or the way we um, process things in therapy is through making meaning of it. And um, I think it's important to to know that when you when we think of help in according to my approach to therapy, we're not thinking about necessarily doing things for people we're not necessarily um you know we don't take a, a behavioral approach where we fix people's behavior um there are other forms of therapy that are very much focused on that so it is very much a listening process i'm i'm there to listen and i'm there to think through things and create meaning um for you, with you, about you. I read a beautiful, I don't know if you guys know of this um, Instagram uh, page called Notes from Your Therapist, but if you don't follow it, I really recommend you follow it, Notes from Your Therapist. It's a great page where um, someone writes down all the, the notes. I think she is an actual therapist, so she writes it down, things that she said in therapy. And um, one of the things she wrote, which I just love so much, is I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to know you. And I think that that spells out very clearly what kind of work I do and what kind of work I'm supposed to be doing with you in the room. Now, I say supposed to because one of my biggest challenges, and this is what I wanted to talk about today, is that it's really hard not to want to help in a doing way. Um, it's really hard for me to sit with someone who is trying to get me to help them, to give them answers, 
to fix them, in other words, um, and to hold the space to listen, to um, be there, to make meaning with them, but to not necessarily jump in with a solution. And I think people will relate to this even who aren't therapists because I think everyone in relationships probably knows that feeling of when someone tells you something and you just want to tell them what to do. Just plain and simple. You want to tell them, oh, oh, you should just do this. And I think for a lot of people, we want that from the person we're asking the help from, like, or, you know, the person we're telling our story to. And so sometimes it's not a crime to want to help someone. And for many people, it's not going to be an injury to them if, if you jump in and say, oh, I think you should do this and think you should do that. But I think what's really important about therapy and what sets it apart is that my intention is to really try to not jump in and give advice. And it's something we taught right at the beginning is that therapy is not a space for advice. And as soon as you start to find yourself giving advice, you got to really start thinking. you got to go, what's going on here? What is going on here? Because that's not your role. And people think it is and often ask that of us. And it's a very interesting dynamic to try and explore that and what that means. And it can be quite frustrating, I think, for some people who want answers, who want someone to say, do this, take this, try this. And I have to say, it's an ongoing challenge for me because I love the idea of being helpful. I think my ego enjoys the, the, the idea that I'm a helper, that I fix, that I make better, that I solve, that I resolve. So it's such a pull on me to try and get in there, get stuck in and figure things out, you know. And I have to keep, it's a daily practice where I have to keep reminding myself to, to stop, to let the moment settle, to be with feeling in the moment to be with the experience of the other person without jumping in and trying to fix and solve and rush to give answers and um it's yeah as i said it's a daily challenge and and i and i really mean that it's not easy for me and i think that it's such a beautiful lesson for what is transformative in therapy because you know, I've said this before, what sets our relationship apart from like speaking to your friends or your family is that you're not getting what you would get from someone else. I'm trained, I've got a whole other set of skills and I offer you a totally different kind of space, a totally different kind of relationship. And one of the elements of that is that I don't rush to give answers. I don't necessarily tell you what to do I don't give advice um, and I have to really work hard on being with you in your emotions in you know being where you are right now and not pushing you to be somewhere else and I learn this lesson so often I mean it's it's unbelievable how many times I've got to learn this lesson as a therapist it's an ongoing thing I mean I think probably those people in my life would tell me you definitely haven't learned this lesson when it comes to your personal life. I think all of the holding back from telling people what to do in my work means that when I when when it comes to private relationships, I probably love giving advice more than the average. Um, it's it's my nature. It's my personality. You know, and I think that's 
honestly one of the reasons why I started the, the blog initially in 2013 was because I wanted to have a platform where I could give advice, where it wasn't a therapeutic space, where I wasn't expected to hold the space, but I could just go do this and do that and do this. And I did. I mean, it was absolutely fabulous. If you go onto my blog and you search advice, there's a whole category, um, which is all people writing in anonymously, some of them not anonymously, but mostly anonymously and asking questions. And I give a response to the question. And it's so interesting and fun to do that. You know, it gives me such a thrill to, you know, you don't have the context, you don't know the person, you don't know what they really need emotionally. You're just answering a question. And I think this space as well, this podcast space for me where, I, where I'm getting an opportunity to kind of rattle on about things and talk about different subject matter. It's also a space where I'm kind of speaking from that place of, well, if if it was up to me, this is what I would do with my life, you know, and, and um, previous episodes have, have also kind of spoken to some of the directions that I take if I give if I give advice or if I give some like lessons or learning. Um, and interestingly enough, this is actually uh, clad, uh, categorized as an education podcast. And I, and I think that's really interesting is that, you know, actually, it's a kind of teaching that I'm trying to do here. And I think there is an element of teaching in the work that I do in therapy. And I think probably I teach more than your average therapist. I think I'm half the time scolding myself for doing that because I shouldn't be as well. Although I don't think there are any shoulds and shouldn'ts in this world. But, you know, technically as a therapist, I'm supposed to just be with the feelings and, the, and be with the process. I don't have to tell you what to do, how to do it. But invariably, I'm going to like just, you know, instill some kind of le life lessons, I think, because that's just what the nature of the work. Um, but I think, you know, if anything, what I'm trying to instill is kind of constructive, healthy choices. So, so yeah, so there's an element of, of, of talking through, I, I suppose this is the the one way out of saying, I don't give advice, I don't tell you what to do. Um, but what I will do is that I talk you through maybe different options and we and we kind of imagine together different options. What, what might the consequences be for those options? What might the feelings be around, you know, those courses of action? That kind of thing. That's different. That's just, you know, that's a reflective process. And so I thought it, was, it, it would be an interesting thing for you to just think about that in your own life today. Um, you know, whatever the relationships are that you have in your life. So let's think about, I mean, the classic ones is, you know, parent relationships. So the relationship you have with your parents or the relationship you have with your children. Then there's sibling relationships. So, you know, your brothers and sisters. Um, and then there's intimate relationships, your, your partner, your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. And then there's friendships, your buddies, your mates. And to sort of just reflect on in these relationships, which relationships or which who in, in your life do you find it easier to kind of hold back on giving advice? Like who in your life is the is is less triggering when it comes to oh, the other relationship I didn't mention was work relationships, people that are in your in your environment because of work. Uh, and then there's all the other kind of, I suppose, I suppose employees, etc. But, you know, who of in that range, you know, who are the people that you struggle the most 
to hold back and not give advice to? And who do you find it's the easiest to just hang out with them in their experience, be with them, laugh with them, cry with them, whatever, but you don't necessarily rush to say, oh, you should do this and you should do that. Um, and maybe as you go through this week, you can think about that as well. Like as, as things come up, people might ask you things, people might tell you things. You might want to tell someone something that's really on your mind, that's hurting, upsetting you. And observe how they respond. I think everybody knows that feeling of going to someone, let's say you get home from work and you go to your partner and you say to your partner, I just had such a terrible day and this happened and then that happened and oh, and it was horrible and then he said this and I can't believe he said that and um, and then, you know, I just don't know what to do. I just feel so hurt by it all. And then instead of like any other response, the first thing that comes out of this person's mouth is, oh, well, why don't you just stop doing X, Y, Z? Yeah. And I think you know that feeling. There's the, there's a kind of, it's like that emotional energy, that outpouring of, of emotion gets, it's like, you know, when you take a candle and you put a candle out, a candle out by, by snuffing it, you know, with a little, with a little, um, like a little metal thing that just takes out the, the flame because it takes out the oxygen. It's like you do that with the emotion. You're taking the, um, the, the, the feelings and you're just, you know, clapping it closed, um, suffocating it, drowning it so that it, it can't breathe. And there's no further conversation, right? There's, there's no... The only thing that you can respond to that is you can react to the clapping down and go... No, it's not like that. I don't want to do that. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, you can re respond. And then, and then there's another emotion there. And, and, and that changes. But that original emotion, it doesn't have a place to go. There's nowhere for that place, for that emotion to go. And I just want you to think about how over time, when we have the experience of going with our emotions to someone, and it doesn't have to be the same person every time, but if you're always taking your emotions to someone and each time they're closing the door on you and they're and they're shutting you out of that of that potential for a discussion around that feeling or a chance to just sit with those feelings you can imagine what happens then to our sense of ourselves and how we feel about our emotions and how okay they are and especially if you're thinking right now about being a parent and your relationship to your child. If your child comes home from school and they're talking about a kid that was mean to them or they're talking about a teacher that was mean to them, and that's so often the case with kids. They come home and they're like, I hate my teacher. And, you know, why do you... Because she was mean to me and she told me to get up and stand in front of the class and talk to everyone. And, you know, it was so hard and I hate her for putting me on that spot and... You know, if you jump to suddenly say like, oh, well, you know, your teacher's only doing her job. You know, I think you really need to kind of just be a bit kinder to her. Maybe maybe you're giving her too much of a hard time. You are failing to meet that moment. You're failing to meet that feeling in that moment. You know, that the feeling there is really, really important. And so think about as a child, if you go to someone with your emotions time and time again, and then those feelings are not given the space. They're not given, they're not heard, they're not thought about, they're not cared about. 
And let's say even as an adult, your partner doesn't ask you about the, your feelings, doesn't want to know how it feels, doesn't want to know, um, you know, what that's like for you or, you know, talk more about it or whatever. You get the feeling like they don't really care. They don't really want to know what's going on with you. And even if you don't consciously think that, on some level, you've, you're going to, especially if it happens repeatedly, okay, let me just say, like all of us are going to experience this in our lives and, it's, and we're all going to survive it. It's not about the once or twice or three times when it does happen. We're talking about repeated. If, if you are repeatedly experiencing someone shutting down your emotions and not providing that space for those feelings to be thought about, you're going to not value those feelings. You're going to put them away. You're going to learn that it's safer, better, more expedient, more convenient for everyone if I just hide my emotions. And so next time when I come home from work, I might just go straight to the fridge and drink a bottle of wine, you know? Or I might come home and shout at my partner for leaving the towel on the floor when in actual fact I'm upset about something that happened at work. This is what human beings do when we don't have a space for our feelings to be thought about and made sense of. And it doesn't have to be a space where someone else is making those feelings thought about and, and, and heard. We can do that for ourselves. But we are in relationships to one another. We are a, a very, you know, interrelational species. We need to be in connection with other people. It matters what other people do with our feelings. So what I'm saying is therapy is the opposite of that. Therapy is the space where those feelings, are. we dive deep. We go, oh, tell me more. Tell me more about where you, you know, what, what you're feeling. And we sit with those feelings for as long as we need to. And sometimes it can be hard and we think, oh, I just want to get out of these feelings actually. Can you just give me some relief? And very often that's, as I said, the hardest part of my job is that people say to me, just tell me what to do. Just tell me how to get out of this. Just tell me what to, you know, how do I fix this? And I've got to navigate that space of the desire to want to fix and, and want to solve and want to make it better. And then having to kind of have this awareness that I know on some level, on, on, a, on a big level, it's so, so important for you to just know that it's okay to have these feelings and to stay with these feelings with you, to give you that experience. Because it is through staying with the feelings, it is through feeling the feelings together that you then will learn the opposite lesson, which is number one, my feelings matter. Number one, I matter. If, I, if my feelings matter, I matter. And if this person can sit with my feelings, then maybe they're okay. You know, maybe I won't die if, to feel these feelings, you know, because that's the other thing that happens is when we have really negative, difficult feelings, and I, I spoke about this before in the feelings episode, um, you know, we, we, basically, we basically learn to be really, really scared of feelings. We say, oh, okay, well, you know, when I came back from school with, with these really big feelings about my teacher and I was really cross with my teacher, my mom said, don't be cross with her. That's not fair. She's just doing her job. And so over time, if I'm given those same messages all the time about my big angry feelings, I'm going to learn that big angry feelings are bad. Big angry feelings are scary, not to be brought out, not to be exposed, not to be talked about, right? And so I develop a sense that this is, that this is um, dangerous, you know, risky. And so in therapy, we do the opposite. We say, okay, here your feelings are. Here they are. 
here they are. And sometimes we sit with them and we squirm and it's uncomfortable and we tolerate it. And tolerating it and sitting through it is this incredible dual process of um, providing that space, that containing space, that empathy, that sense of I'm here with you in your emotions. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. You don't have to be anywhere else. You don't have to feel anything else. You can just feel exactly what you're feeling right now and it's okay. That's the one part of it. And then the other part of it is that because I'm feeling this with you, I'm also kind of making it feel safe. I'm showing you that these feelings are not dangerous. They're not going to kill you. They're not going to destroy this relationship. Sometimes in therapy, the the feelings are about me, the therapist. You know, sometimes I get told, you're doing this, you know, and and it's fabulous when that happens, by the way. It's really interesting stuff. Um, But I've got to sit through it. I've got to sit through that. And people are so afraid that their emotions are going to do damage. They're so afraid that they're going to be that they're bad for having these big feelings. And it's so important to be able to tolerate that and, 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 and live through that, you know, to survive it and to see yourself getting through it and, and, and making it out on the other side. And that's the other aspect of it is that over time, if you have someone who sits with your feelings, who makes you feel okay with your feelings, who allows you to be in your bad moods when you're in your bad moods, who's there with you while you're having the shit time and who's there to hang out with you afterwards when you've come through and you're on the other side, all of that. If you have that experience, you start over time to build up an, an ability, a, a capacity to manage feelings in a totally different way. And so ultimately the goal is that you will get to understand that feelings come and go and experiences come and go. You know, today you're having a total nightmare because of something that happened at work. And in two, three months time, we might not even be remembering that that happened and we'll be speaking about something completely different. And that's, that's, that's life. That's life. It comes and it goes. And there's good and there's bad. And I, I think I have to keep reminding myself, and I'm a trained therapist, that that is helping. That is me helping you. That is me doing. That is me fixing. I mean, I don't think it's fixing, but if, if you know what I mean. There's a, there's a path that, that, that we're on and we're going in a direction. Um, and it's not necessarily... It, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're getting better. It just, it, you know, but actually if you, if you stretch our time and you look long-term, and this is the thing about my work, I do long-term work. This is not quick fix stuff. If you come to me for two sessions, I'll help you. I'll give you something. You'll get something. I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid of, of imparting tools, for example, you know, I, I, I teach breathing exercises, I teach visualization exercises, I have done some kind of cognitive behavioral therapy type techniques in my sessions. I've, 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 I'm not 100% a psychodynamic therapist, I do use different tools in my therapy. But for the most part, my orientation and, and my, my belief around it is that it's long term work, it, that change for all of us, even if you don't go to therapy, even if you just, you know, as you look at your life, you look at however old you are now and you think 10 years ago, where was I? What was I like? And what lessons have I learned since then? There are lessons. 
for sure, you've learned something, but it didn't happen overnight. Life doesn't, you know, things don't just get fixed overnight. We are um, really interesting beings and and we and our brains and our minds are really complex um i mean the behaviorists would say otherwise they think that our behavior is very predictable and we can we can train you know we can train ourselves and that's true we can on a behavioral level but what what, what i'm ta- what i'm talking about is the meaning making is the fact that your 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 whole capacity for understanding yourself and understanding your experiences, emotions, sensations will change over time. And that that's, if anything, that's what I do. That's the help I, I offer. So today and for the rest of the week, I would love for you to keep in mind this idea of listening without rushing to give advice, being with the emotions of the other person allowing them their feelings and just staying with that and reflecting to them maybe what they're feeling and just staying with that, with them, allowing them to be however they are, not expecting them to be any different, not offering any advice, not wanting to change them, not wanting to to push them in a direction and trying to tolerate that together and seeing how that feels. Good luck. <laughs> and maybe you'll find it as challenging as I do. Um, And yeah, I hope that it isn't for you. And I hope that it isn't for me this week. Maybe by doing this podcast, I will have, you know, reinformed myself of my of my practices. (laughs) Cool. Onwards. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Bye. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley.